Welcome to the Brave Feminine Leadership Podcast, where we share stories from amazing leaders just like you and me. We break down myths of leadership, imposter syndrome, and we ask what brave feminine leadership means and does it need to change? All of these interviews were originally recorded in video format. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Brave Feminine Leadership for news on when new video series will be dropping. It's wonderful to meet you. Drop me a note if the content resonates. Melissa at bravefeminineleadership.com. Let's get brave. Welcome everyone to this interview series on Brave Feminine Leadership. I'm very excited this morning to introduce you to Jodie Geddes. Jodie, together with her partner, Kate Pollard, have created Circle In. We're gonna talk about Circle In. Um, we're also gonna talk about Jodie and her story. And um, before I do that, um, Jodie, for the people in our audience who haven't had the pleasure of meeting you before, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, well, firstly, thank you for having me. Um, you know, it's been it's been a crazy journey, actually. Um, if I take a step back, you know, uh, I had 18 years corporate experience working for some of, you know, Australia's leading organisations and one of our biggest banks. Um, I, first and foremost, am a mother um, of two beautiful little girls, often very cheeky, uh, so they're five and seven. And it was really through my own experience of going off to have my children that led us to the idea of circling. So, you know, I talked about, you know, 18 years in the corporate world and I had a great career, you know, in a lot of senior roles. But unfortunately, when I went off to have my first little girl and um, I received a promotion actually just before I went off on leave, I assumed my career would be okay. And it wasn't, you know, I didn't hear from the bank I was working with at the time. I didn't hear from my manager. I was left off a senior leader list and all of the things that we don't want to happen. And as a result, it really impacted my confidence. And mm. when I returned 10 months later, my confidence took a real hit. And I estimate it took me around three months to hit the ground running again. Second time around, I did all of the things that we're now empowering and supporting parents to do. And my return was completely different. And right. you know, if I talk about my business partner, Kate, she returned to find that she was now reporting to her peer who was based overseas, you know. Um, and when we tell these stories, we're always met with lots of nodding heads. So it really made us stop and reflect on our career and actually what was happening. And, you know, we could see the real need there in that, you know, parents were going off and feeling really disconnected and not getting the right support from their employer. So for us then, it was about finding the right solution. And we landed on Circle In. So we launched the business um, actually just over three years ago. And it's hard to believe that in such a short amount of time, we've grown to become now a global leading organization. Um, we work with 35 of the world's best companies to support their working parents. And I think the thing that really drove me to this, and you know, we'll talk a lot about this today, is that I'm incredibly passionate about the fact that being a parent and having a career are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. You can absolutely have both, but you need the right support. Um, so that's what gets me out of bed every day. That's why I love what we do. The companies we work with are amazing and they're the ones that genuinely want to support parents. And, you know, when if we look at what's happened in the last year, COVID, it's fast-tracked and changed the world forever. And I think what we're seeing now is parents need more support than ever than ever and I love the fact that you are tackling this issue because obviously my interview series is on brave feminine leadership but I love your tackling the issue across working parents yeah yeah absolutely yeah 
and working with some uh, incredible brands, and it might be worth just referencing if you're comfortable a couple of those, but more importantly, what, what are the differences they're seeing as a result of using the platform? What sort of feedback are you hearing? Yeah, so, um, you know, one of the, well, yeah, to talk about some of the brands we're working with, you know, Coca-Cola, Estee Lauder, we've just launched Gap USA, about to launch Atlassian. So, you know, the most progressive organisations. And we always say, you know, we don't want to work with organisations that see this as a tick the box exercise. Yes. Yeah. It's about organisations at an executive level that hand on heart genuinely see that there's a need. So I often say, you know, there's, there's a business case, obviously, for supporting parents, but it's also genuinely the right thing to do. But if we look at the business um, impact, it's fair to say that across the organisations we work with, they are absolutely seeing impact and results. And some of those are around higher engagement of parents. You know, when you support parents, they're more engaged in the organisation. The advocacy is far greater, so they're more likely to recommend their company is a great place to work. And we know now that it's, it's harder than ever to attract talent to an organisation. So you need to rely on your own employees to be out there and be those advocates supporting your organisation. And I think the third thing we see is confidence levels. You know, we can absolutely see through our own data that parents that receive the right support, you know, it has a positive impact on their confidence. So as part of our program, we actually go deep and we, we survey parents to really understand all levers, including those engagement, advocacy and confidence. I think, you know, uh, we've never lost a customer. So in three years, you know, every customer stayed with us. And I think, again, that's testament to the fact that it does work when you put the right support behind your parents and carers, um, the impact and ROI is there. You know, congratulations on the success that you're having. It's it's wonderful to see. It's really interesting. One of the things that I read recently, and I, I know I should have shared with you, was an article that came out last year from uh, Boston Consulting Group. And it was talking about women have the X factor in the way, in new ways of working as an example. And, um, you know, it talks about feminine energy being more about uh, strong empathy, active listening, a lot of collaboration. And I'm intrigued, and it was just a question I wanted to ask you, you're tackling helping people stay in the workforce and stay engaged and, and cross some very real points where we actually see a lot of female leaders in particular expert. I just wanted to turn it around on you a little bit um, for a minute, Jodie, and just say, you know, I see you as one of those leaders. Um, you know, you were fully immersed in the corporate scene. Um, as a leader with really strong potential to, to go wherever you wanted to go. Um, why did you why did you go? And I guess the other question is, could anything have been done differently that may have retained you? Yeah, it's it's a great question. Um, you know, I I look at myself and I almost feel like there's the old Jody corporate world and there's the new Jody. Okay. Gotta be honest, I love the new journey. I want to ask about both of them, but yep. I've never been happier. And I think what really led me, you know, I, I'm a huge believer in corporate and I am incredibly grateful for the 18 years I had. Um, Kate and I both shared the same amount of time in corporate. And I think that's really led us to now establishing um, the strong 
foundations for our startups. So I know our team are often laughing at, you know, the, the, the strategic direction and the, 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 you know, that rigor that we now bring to our startup. And I truly believe we wouldn't have that if we hadn't have had that experience in corporate. So yep. I'm not for a second saying that I'm not a believer in corporate. And, you know, I've still got friends that have incredible careers. But for me, what really led me to the jump was that I no longer felt like my values and my passion were there. So, right. you know, I got to the point where going to work every day was hard. My values had changed and I wanted to do something that was more meaningful. I wanted to, I wanted to be doing something with a strong social purpose. Okay. And I think that's the thing that I've really found is in life when you find something that you aligns to your own personal values and your passion, getting out of bed is so easy and it actually doesn't feel like work. So as much as I can sit here and say the last three years have been the hardest years of my life, mm. I've never worked harder. You know, the stress has been like a roller coaster, but I wouldn't change it for the world. And it's because I'm doing something that I truly believe in and I get to create my own story. You know, I get to write, write my story and, and the journey that's ahead. Whereas, you know, for me <clears throat> in those last, you know, one to two years, I started to feel like I was a number and I was getting a bit lost and I wasn't able to be my real self. I felt like I had to conform to, you know, the certain leadership style that was expected in that organisation. And I think what I've realised is that's not me. You know, I think to be a great leader, you've got to be true to yourself and really think about, you know, I'm a very different leader to my business partner, Kate. And what I've learned is for a long time, I, I think, you know, you, you look at others and you think you have to be like them and kind of copy certain styles. But I've got to the point now where I'm really confident in my style and who I am. And I think once you get to that point, leadership then just comes quite naturally. Can I just ask, because I think that's such, a, such an important point. You know, I hear a lot of feedback about leaders trying to emulate what they think a good leader should look like. And I think it's so powerful when people can relax into um, being able to be themselves as a leader. Um, at Circle In, you know, how intentional are you about the culture oh, that you're building? Goodness. And what, what, is it, what is it that you think feels right for you guys? And I guess the other question I've got is um, you're on a very fast growth path. You know, how do you think that culture will, um, will have to change? Or, you know, what will you do about that as it grows? Because that's some real trigger points for culture as well. Yeah, definitely. So culture is something that's incredibly important to Kate and I. It's, it's at the top, right? You, you need to have a great team. If you don't have a great team, you know, the business won't, won't be successful. So I mentioned that we've been, we've been really fortunate to bring a lot of our um, corporate practices. So things like culture surveys, you know, we've now conducted those since we were a team of seven. Like, I think that's kind of unheard of. Yeah. We're now a team of 20. We set quarterly OKRs. We've actually, I've just finished as of yesterday, our quarterly performance reviews. So Kate and I still sit with every single team member and reflect on the last quarter. You know, we've appointed culture champions. So that's kind of on the culture side. Um, you know, we've had, we, we, I think the thing that we've really tried to bring to our culture is a transparent culture. Yeah. So that's, that's probably key to us. And that then, that then is through everything we do. So 
we share with our team absolutely everything. It's all transparent. We share with them what we're talking about at board. We share board reports. We share investor updates. You name it, we're bringing them on the journey so they really feel part. Um, mm. We're not trying to create a hierarchical structure. So it's almost like we've taken a step back and thought, what are the things that we didn't like in corporate? What are the things that didn't work for us? Yep. And like I said, we get to write our own story. So what's the story we want to create at Circle In? So for us, it's about being authentic, having a transparent culture, having really great values. Um, you know, the team are all part of writing those values. Mm. And I think now as the team are growing, it's almost becoming more and more important for us in terms of making sure that our culture is spot on. And actually only yesterday I received an email from a beautiful team member who's been on um, parental leave replacement for us. And so she'll be, um, she'll be leaving us in a few weeks as her replacement returns. And it actually brought a tear to my eye, just the feedback she provided us in terms of the leadership style, the culture we're building and just how proud she was to have been on that journey. So, you know, nothing better than when you hear it from your own team members. So to circle back around then, the corporate world's loss in one, uh, you know, on one hand is an incredible benefit and asset to the, you know, the new business that you're creating and the sort of startup culture of things as well. It's so lovely to hear that. Jodie, um, people will look at you, I'm sure, um, and think, you know, incredibly successful um, clearly brave, you know, you've stepped away from, um, you know, a very secure uh, corporate foundation and those sorts of things. Um, I could never do what Jodie does. Um, you know, how would you respond to that? And I'm sure you've felt that way looking at other leaders along your way, but how would you respond to that question? Yeah, look, I'm not going to lie. I think there's a certain element that you, that you need to be successful in running a startup. So we recently looked at, you know, all of our personality traits and Kate and I, you know, we did it across the whole team. It was really interesting. Kate and I both had perseverance come yep. through, right? We were the only two in the organisation that had that. And I think that's that sense of we never give up. Yeah. We keep going and going until we get to that end result. So I think you absolutely need to have that fire in your belly. Mm. Uh, and sometimes that's something that you either have or you don't. Uh, but I'll liken it to, because I get asked this question all the time and my response is anyone can do it. But I think it goes back to if, if you do want to do it and you're looking at me and going, I could never do it. If you find something that, again, comes back to that, you know, is aligned to your values that you're passionate about, you'll find the drive and motivation to make it work. Mm. And, you know, for a lot of your viewers, they're more than likely parents. And if we look back or liken it to parenthood, right? Becoming a mother, how scared were we? You know, terrified, terrified, right? You didn't know what to do. It was all unknowns. Running a startup's no different, right? But the, the difference is, is that when you're a mother, you're forced to do it. You just have to, you have to keep going. Well, it's exactly the same for us, right? So every time is a first, we're about to go into a series A um, race. Now that's new. Yeah. It's a first, but I just, you know, you peel the onion and you just take one step at a time. So I think once you overcome that fear of I can't do this, you actually find you can. So, you know, for anyone that's out there looking, going, I can't do it. Yes, you can. If, if you've got a great idea and you want to make it work, you can. And I think not being afraid to ask for help. is. A how, how did you overcome the fear? 
so I think it's not something you wake up or you go to a course and you know you, you watch a, a webinar where it tells you how to overcome fear I think it, it's just something you've got to throw yourself in I mean how did you overcome the fear of being a mother right it's yeah. just each day gets easier and easier uh, I always use the example and when when we first went to launch Circle so we hadn't yet launched it to the public we were kind of six months building so I had left my last organization and I actually moved my family to Bali for a month because I just wanted to disconnect from the corporate world and really get into the headspace of okay I'm going to be a startup founder and I remember sitting there and thinking right we're about to build this website I've got to write all this content I'm not a writer I'm mm -hmm. terrible at grammar Kate will watch this back and be like oh my goodness she's terrible at writing but I sat there in Bali and I thought to myself I've just got to make a start and I remember three days in a row, I just kept procrastinating, like, I can't do this, I can't do it. Then one day I just sat and I started and all of a sudden the words just started to come. And then from then on, Kate gave me the feedback and was like, these are amazing articles. And it was, I only tell that story because it was the first step in our journey where I thought, I can't do this. And now three years on, you know, we're at board, we're dealing with global investors, global like executives, you name it. So it's everyone, everything you do, you approach, you think, I can't do this. So it's a mindset. Once you can shift your mindset and overcome that feeling of, I can't do this, you absolutely mm. can. So a different exercise. We go, we can't run. Well, you start with 1K and you build up. So I think it's just taking gradual steps and believing in yourself. How important was the sort of network around you as you went through all of this journey? Critical. Um, but in saying that, it's overwhelming. There's so much out there. It's hard to kind of find the right support. Yeah. For us, again, you know, because we had that extensive corporate experience, we had an incredible network and we had so many incredible leaders that wanted to help us. So for us, um, Kate and I aren't afraid to reach out and ask for help. Mm. Um, and it was interesting. I was talking to a startup founder recently who is so smart and so talented, is building the most incredible idea but what they're lacking is that they're fearful of reaching out and asking for help. So, and I was coaching her and saying, you've got to put yourself out there. What's the worst that can happen? Someone, someone writes back and says, I'm sorry, I don't have time. Yep. That's fine. So we've never, ever been afraid of asking people. And right now, you know, we've got an incredible board. We've probably got five or six mentors that are helping us on different areas. And we almost treat those mentors like we did in the corporate world. You know, we will you'll reach out to them prior to a meeting, be really clear with where we need our help, how they can help us. Um, so we really do try to bring a lot of rigor to those. We don't, we don't take them for granted. We're very, very grateful for any support that people provide us. It's amazing, Jodie. Um, and it's so true sometimes about just take the first step, whatever that step is, just take the first step. Don't worry about the one beyond that. Just take the first one. Well, running a startup, I swear every day I'm working on first. Mm. You know, um, I listened to Melanie um, Perkins recently from Canva. She said exactly the same. I mean, she's now got a unicorn, but she's still facing her first. Mm. You never, ever stop. So I think you know, don't be fearful of them. Just just break them down and then just take one step at a time. And if you don't know how to do it, ask for help. And I think that's the other thing we're really trying to build into our culture as well is that sense of, you know, when we ask our team to do something, it's it's not 
it's not you saying that you failed if you ask for help. It's actually being brave and saying, I, I want to learn. I want to do this better. Can you please help me? Help me. Yeah. Can we talk about vulnerability and a, a point in your career or journey where you've probably felt the most vulnerable, Jodie? Yeah, um, I feel vulnerable all the time. You know, I suffer anxiety um, and it's something that I manage personally. Um, you know, I, I'm an overthinker. I, um, I worry about what others think and I'm really lucky that I've got the most incredible business partner that helps me with that. I mean, we are like the yin and yang. Um, opposites always attract. So she's really good at helping me through that. But, you know, there was a time when I left my last, you know, in the corporate world, um, I became very sick, very sick. And I was in hospital um, for three weeks. And I remember when I was admitted and I was diagnosed, I actually had to leave a team day um, the day before to keep taking my asthma puffer because I was struggling to breathe. This was still when you were in the corporate space? Yeah. yeah. So I'd been sick for about six months and I just put it down to, I'm a busy mum. This is, this is motherhood now, right? I've got two kids. I'm back at work. This is life. And I was running a team day and I kept having to step outside every hour to take my puffer because I was struggling to breathe. And I went back to the next doctor the next morning and he said, you need to go to emergency. And um, I was admitted with pneumonia, bronchitis and sinuses. But it gets worse. A few hours later, I was lying there in my hospital bed and I pulled out my laptop and I started writing a board report because I had a board paper due um, for this organisation I was working with. And I'll never forget this doctor that walked in and he shut my laptop and he said, who do you think you are? And I looked at him and he said, you are not that important. And I had this moment where I'm like, you are so right. My health is so important. So that's always stayed with me and I've tried to really... Um, use that now for, for moments when I do get sick or because um, I have a lot of allergies and so I have to kind of manage that side of things so you know that was a, a moment I think the other time that I felt very vulnerable has been through COVID like it has been the hardest year you know sure we've come out of it in a pretty pretty great position right um Flexibility has been fast-tracked five years working parents need more supports so our program is more relevant than ever mm. but it's saying that you know when COVID first hit and we're being asked to write doomsday kind of financials what happens what if we have to lay off staff you know all of a sudden that vulnerability of we've built this entire business you've got staff leaning on you that was a really hard time but you know Kate and I were only reflecting on this recently and we are such better business leaders for 2020 mm -hmm. without a doubt um, I feel like we have got the business into such a better position. I think we're much better at making hard calls. We're much more focused. We're leaning into giving feedback. You know, maybe we used to shy away from that a little bit, whereas now it's, you know, people respond well to feedback. Um, so I feel like whilst last year we were absolutely at our most vulnerable Mm. started 2021 in such a better position. I love your comment about, um, about giving people feedback. Um, it, it brings me to the very core of why I started the series in the first place. And it was um, over the last couple of years, I've been exposed to a whole range of different businesses after spending a long time in one business. Um, and as I went through these businesses, 
I just kept asking people a question. And this was some very big listed businesses to some startup businesses and, you know, across almost every sector you can think of. How do you know you're doing a good job around here? And the response that I got most often from people was, I'm still here, so I must be. And it actually made me feel uh, really quite sad um, because it just demonstrated to me that people aren't having the conversations they should. And in reality, if someone's not talking to you about your performance and how you're going, it's not doesn't necessarily translate that you're doing a good job. They could just be avoiding a difficult conversation with you as well. I completely agree. And I think that's one of the biggest skills of being a leader is actually having the courage to face into hard conversations. So something we've committed to is giving in-the-moment feedback. Uh, So we we absolutely do that. And, you know, it it encourages people to learn, you know, get documents through. Hey, let's jump on a Zoom call. I want to give you some feedback. Like how you've approached it, but I think we need to think of it differently. Let me help you. So you can come at it from the right way in saying that if people are doing things in the organisation that aren't aligned to our, our values, yep. we'll call it. And yep. we're very quick to say, that's not part of our culture here. Do it again. And, you know, we're going to move into a serious discussion. And it sends a very clear message. People respond better to just that, that honest feedback. And, you know, I spoke about how we take performance um, reviews quite seriously. One of the things that we do is we check in quarterly on did you meet your OKRs? Mm-hmm. And then we ask people to reflect on what are your top three achievements and what are your top three areas of focus or improvement moving forward? Yep. And it's amazing the conversation that comes out when you even ask that question. People open up. This is where I need help. And, we, you know, it, it's the only way to learn. And we're also really big on, on telling the team, give us feedback. We're not perfect. Far from it. Don't be afraid to let me know when I've, when I've not done a great job or maybe I've delivered something in the wrong way. And what I love is that the team do do that. They push back. So it's also helping us to be a better leader. And Jodie, for the people not in the corporate space, OKR? Oh, um, objective key results. So they're based KPIs or, um, you know, objectives by quarter of what we want people to achieve. And I think why they work so well is it keeps the team focused, especially when you're running a very fast-paced global business like ours. Quarter to quarter, things just move so quickly. So, um, and especially for the more junior team members who, you know, haven't had the opportunity to be in the corporate world, it keeps them quite focused. Can I um, go back to something we picked up earlier? What do you think the key difference is between corporate Jody and startup Jody? Um. <laughs> You might need to ask my husband that one. Um, oh, look, I was a stress ball. I wasn't myself. Um, I was trying to conform to their expectations and the leader that they wanted to be. Um, oh, I'm a completely different person. You know, I think I've really found my passion. Um, I feel I feel comfortable in my own skin. You know, I'm not second guessing myself. I also don't know whether that comes with age. You know, you know, I'm, you know, older now, more mature. I've ha- I've had the luxury now of working, you know, across different industries and for different leaders. Mm. So I think there's also an element of, you know, as you get older, you, you, your leadership evolves and and you do become more confident in yourself. But yeah, I just uh, I have a lot more flexibility, so I'm able to be a mum, yeah. um, which is the most important job in the world, and 
So I often say I've never worked harder, but I've got more time for my children, the school pickups, you know, and I'll get back on late at night. So I'm, I'm more present. Um, and I'm really proud that they're growing up and seeing their parents work. Mm. And, you know, they're, they're looking at me as a role model. Um, and my, my hope is that circling doesn't exist in 15, 20 years, that by then it's actually just the norm that parents and career, you know, they're not mutually exclusive and that all organisations are really creating the right environment and right culture to support parents. Mm, absolutely. Jodie, um, you know, I think the final question that I wanted to ask, actually there's two, I'm going to sneak another one in. I did want to ask, um, thank you for sharing your um, struggle with anxiety, which I know many, many people um, uh, do. Two things. I think firstly, regardless of whether it's anxiety or not, when you talk about that feeling more confident in your leadership journey and all those sorts of things, um, I'm not sure whether it's age or whether it's just you go through some phases. You know, I think there's new phases people go through um, on their journey where those feelings of self-doubt and that lack of confidence and that need to kind of, you know, work out that it's okay to feel vulnerable, just take one step and one step and one step and you'll start to overcome some of that. So I just wanted to kind of comment back on that. Um, yeah, I might have add, I've, I've got saying here. Um, so I, I invested in seeing a wellness coach last year mm. and it was one of the best things I did because what she said to me was she said, okay, you're running a global startup. You know, you're busy. You've got a lot of pressure. You've got a team. You know, you're growing quickly plus you're a mum. Let's think about athletes. Do you think that they become really good at what they do without having the right help around them? Mm. And I kind of took a step back and I thought, she's so right. She's like, what you need is you need a great doctor, a great naturopath. You need a health um, regime, you know, whether that's your yoga or your fitness. You need to be looking after, you know, your own body with the food that you're taking in. Uh, perhaps, you know, so it's, it's really thinking about what support you need around you and not feeling like you do it yourself. So I think you're spot on. I think you go through phases and I think as you, as you start to become, you know, a bit older, a bit more mature and you're not afraid to kind of look for those things outside and go, hang on, I can't do this myself. I'm not superwoman. Yeah. Um, and I probably felt like a little bit like that when I first returned from parental leave that, you know, I had to do it all on my own. Yeah. And absolutely don't, you know, it's about asking for help and, and leaning on the right people. So I now feel like I've got my four people around me that are key. You know, I've got an amazing naturopath that helps me with my anxiety, you know, and I've got my fitness sorted and I've got a great doctor. So um, yeah, I only add that because it, it was a bit of an aha moment for me last year. I think that's brilliant. And I did the same thing last year. So I don't know whether it was 2020 or what it was, but uh, but exactly the same thing. I, I started that journey before COVID, um, but it's so key. So Jodie, um, you know, just incredible congratulations on everything that you've achieved so far. And that I'm just so confident that you know, this is, is going to be an incredible success. Can I just ask from your perspective, what does brave feminine leadership look like now and does it need to change? Yeah, it's, that's a really interesting question. You know, I've spoken a lot about what leadership means to me and, and being brave. And I think it, 
for me, it all comes down to that fear piece and how you can overcome fear and take that first step. But, you know, if we look at female leadership, what I'm really excited about is, well, first of all, we want to, I believe it all starts with getting parental leave right. We've got to retain, we've got to get, if you get that right and we can have more women stay in the work or return to the workforce and stay in the workforce. But if we, if we take a step back and we look at whether it's the boardroom table or the kitchen table, we want to see more dads. We want to see more men in the work, you know, playing a greater role at home. And I think what's amazing is that COVID has shifted this. So mm. we did a piece of research and it, it, what, it, what it told us was 56% of carers, predominantly, you know, dads at the moment at home, want to play a more active role at home post-COVID. Now, if we can get dads playing a more active role, it's going to enable more women to return to work and move into more female, you know, leadership roles. Um, so what, what I'm really encouraged about is that, you know, COVID has been, you know, it's, it was a hell of a year last year, but there's going to be a lot of positives that come, you know, flexibility. And I think the other big positive is evening up the home scales. Yeah. And, you know, I use the example um, to someone recently, Go to the schoolyard at 3 p.m. See how many dads are there now compared to this time last year. And it was incredible. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, you know, that's enabling more women to get back. So brave leadership, I think it comes down to look at your own, look within your, your own family unit and what is the role that both of you are playing and then how can we help more women to get back in and, and take that step and move into leadership roles um, because that's that's great for everyone. It's great for the economy. It's great for our own confidence. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of upside there. So, yeah. Fantastic. So wonderful talking to you. And we'll make sure it's easy for people to find uh, Circle In um, and to join in the journey with all of you as well. So, Jodie, I can't thank you enough for talking to us this morning. I've loved it. Thank you for having me. And it's a, it's a really important topic. And, yeah, I hope everyone can get something from it. And if you're thinking about taking that step, just do it. You know, write your own story, stand for something and, and just believe in yourself. Hello there. If you're enjoying the podcast and would love to accelerate your own growth and leadership, then head to bravefeminineleadership.com forward slash brave tips for your gift from me, where I've captured all of the amazing tips and themes that came out of these conversations. I hope they help you feel your brave rising.